Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind with your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicating you helping overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in everything you do in life and love and legacy. We're your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. And well, this is the Inside Champions Mind. We have like literally 36 hours uh, between my trips. I just got back from Tokyo, Japan. We did. And uh, I'm heading off to Dublin, Ireland tomorrow. Uh, very short trip just so I can come record. No, of course not. <laughs> I really miss my family so much that uh, I had to cut my tri- trip short to Japan. Uh, we are supposed to go to Okinawa. Um, but I didn't because obviously I wanted to be home with family because I knew I had a big trip coming up to, to Dublin. But more importantly is that why was I doing, you know, what you, you might be asking, why am I doing in Japan? So I thought they might have been, for those of you watching, might have said, why is Karen wearing a hat? Yes. Well, because for those of you watching. I do have a baseball hat on First today. time in like years. Wait, you know what? This was given to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you were unpacking your bag and I was like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to have that. So, so now see, it's mine. I have no, <laughs> I have no choices. <laughs> yes. um, so basically what I, I'm wearing American Dream U. She's wearing an American, American Dream U hat. hat. So let's talk to you a little bit about American Dream U. Now, this podcast is not about American Dream U, but it's it's the lesson that I learned while I was in Japan. I was there because of American Dream U. So this is a shout out to Phil Randozo um, and his family for creating this amazing, um, I don't even know what you call it. It is a charity because uh, there, you know there's no money being made. Mm-hmm. And basically being able to pour millions of dollars to um, helping veterans, the U.S. military veterans, to transition, right, into uh, out of military into civilian life and i'll talk to you a little bit about why that's so important 
And then also to um, Jess, you know, thank you so much for organizing everything. And so I was with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs uh, speaking to the veterans, helping them to either look at entrepreneurship as an avenue rather than um, just always going after a career. Because there's people who go after careers and there's also people who um, are better to be their own boss. And so our, we, our job was there to help them, give them skills and um, the inspirations and motivations, also some skill sets and tactics to help them um, transition into civilian life. So this podcast is really going to be lessons learned in Japan. Yeah, because man, like I've never been to Japan before, and I've never been into a you. I've never. I know being Canadian and being Australian, uh, we have no knowledge of what the U.S. military does. Uh, no. We just know of it. We've seen movies. What do they that's say? About, what do they say about the Canadian military? I think we've got one inflatable boat and two rubber bands, and we're good to go. <laughs> like, that's not that bad. No, but, it's not. But we don't. No, we don't we're, really we're, understand it. So no, this we was, don't. This was really new. Like, this is going to sound really like stupid, <laughs> for okay, lack well, of a better word. But I was shocked when you sent the pictures of what the military base looked like because I had in my mind mash. You know that little TV show? I was like, you're going to have canvas tents and it's going to be cold. And it was like a proper little city. And I know that sounds really stupid, but I've never been on an army base. I don't just, mm-hmm. does Canada even have them? Like, yeah, you, I, I, I don't actually know. don't know the answers to that. I don't know. We've We're never been known. invited. So this was a really big eye opener to us is the, yeah. the culture that is there. And, um, if we can take a step back, because I didn't know anything about dream you. And I was asking you like, how, how did this all start? Like, why mm. did he? Why did he get into this? Is he part of the, part of the army? Yeah. Or? So I, I spent some time with Phil. Phil is a great, great guy. Just a, such a uh, down to earth, but such a giving soul. He so, must have reminded you of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways, Lawrence. That just sounded like me. It did. Um, so <laughs> yes, it is you, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'll just nod and say yes. yes. So the the, the key thing here is is to know that uh, Phil Phil did did this um, all on his own back, and it's not his full time job. He has actually runs companies. And he did this after 2011, 2011, and this might not be the full story, but 2011, September uh, 9-11 happened. And yeah, three days uh, before our wedding. Four days, four yeah, days, four days before, before our wedding. wedding. Good math. Um, <laughs> and he basically was inspired, but like, you know, obviously wanted to join the army or the military of some capacity. I think he was about 33, 35 years old at that point. Um, and, and he wanted to go in, uh, but he had bad knees. You know, bad. You know, just the body for was broken reasons, for for sporting access, for sporting occur. injuries and stuff, and it didn't occur. And so they said, "Listen, uh, you have the skills, you got the th- um, you know tenacity, but honestly, we we just can't afford carrying a two hundred and fifty pound man off the battlefield if something should ever happen. You know, um, and it's not worth the risk." And so he tried many different avenues, and at, at the end of the day, the militia just wouldn't accept him. So you know what? He instead, right, instead of giving, giving up. up and said, "Okay, well, I tried my best," uh, he decided to go help the military. U.S. military in another way. Um, using his capacity and his network of entrepreneurs, he started American Dream U. Now he's done over 30 of these events uh, over the last, I think, three years and creating um, these uh, talks from all over the place. Uh, from, you know, from This is the first international event. This was the 30th event they've ever done. Uh, the first international event they ever done outside the uh, uh, America, and really this this event has been have, have so many um, veterans who either been in, in the military for three years or twenty twenty five years in the military yeah, and transitioning to civilian it life. Just, but it never dawned on me how difficult it could be transitioning yeah. from that type of life to civilian life. You'd, like you'd think you're going home. 
Yeah. Like, so here's the thing, yeah. right? So here's the thing. So let, let's put a couple of stats. Now, number yeah. one is the American military is um, their suicide rate is about 22 uh, veterans will commit suicide per day. That's crazy. 22, crazy. right? 22. So that's a yeah. huge stat. And second of all is that some of these, uh, most of these military people started when they, they went into the military at 17 or 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's all they known. They, they, they have known, have no knowledge of the outside world. You just think back you, when you were 17 or 18 years old, you know, what, what your mindset was and the one thing you went was the military and you're in a military is very, um, orderly, right? So they basically give you orders. So they've been giving you orders on what to do, where to go, like where to deploy. Like they have some say in a sense, but sometimes they have, depending on what rank you have, mm-hmm. you have no say where you're going to go. So they're going to send you to wherever they want you to go. They're going to get you to do whatever they, they think you, you're your best for. And you've been told what to do for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years or whatever. And now you got to go back to a life, right? Yeah. That first of all has um, no one's telling you what to do, right? Let's face it. No one's unless you you know you might have a career or job, but you still get to dictate what type of job you want to go. Mm-hmm. They have to go find a job. They've been saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am for twenty years of their mm-hmm. life, um, and now they got to go out there to you know talk like you know normal civilians, and their their pay is completely different, right? Because not only do they get paid, but their their um, their boarding, their food is all covered, not covered fully, but they're mm-hmm. um, subsidized. So now when you go into civilian life, they have to consider all those other factors that inflated costs that they would not have had to deal with in a civilian. So uh, that civilian life, like us would have to deal with. So there's a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, anxiety that comes with that. On top of that, most of them have families, right? Especially if you've been in the military for 10 years, you're going to have a wife, you're going to have a kid, you have kids, they have, you know, there's kids all over the military base. And mm-hmm. so this is a very, very tiny base. It's only 2,000 people. Some bases are 50,000 people, right? So these bases are like cities. They're built like cities and they got to they gotta take care of their family. So they have all these worries uh, about that. And plus, they also, on top of that, is they got skills in the military for their particular skill. Just say it's like working on uh, a tank, for example, uh, or, you know, working on a particular aircraft. Now, working on an aircraft, they may get a job into you know, working on aircrafts in the civilian world. Mm. But if you have a very specific skill set to say, dealing with arm armory and uh, dealing with, you know, fixing, you know, machine guns or something, there's not that many jobs out there <laughs> that in, in the real world to fix machine guns. So they have to learn to translate their skill sets into the real world. And that was a very, that's a big, very big challenge. I think also too, you'd be losing your tribe. So gonna... Like you've created a family for, you know, you're living in close quarters with the same people um, going through maybe perhaps a lot of strong experiences mm-hmm. together, which just brings you together as well. And there's probably that feeling of loss as well. I would imagine. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing. I know. I yeah. said to them one of the first point I said to to everybody in the military was that you know you have family, and that's a real big plus because what mm-hmm. they're they're seeing what they're missing, right? They're, they're, yeah. So they see the world as going. I'm missing these skill sets. I don't know how to. I never had to do a resume. You know, everything's in codes. What they call MOS codes, like you know. So if you're a technician, you're like a you know whatever number like so now it's like you got to translate that into a real world like what i don't know like well, i can kind of understand this because as a mom i haven't been working for what over nine years now mm. like just the thought if i had to go back into the workplace yes it's scary right so it this like this is not thing. just about the military this is no. what i mean like this is applies to anybody who's got to go back to something that they used to know like like yourself yes. you suddenly feel irrelevant like yeah and then he goes how do you, your last nine or ten years skills translate to the real world now yeah. like how do you describe that how do you put that on a resume and that's a really big challenge mm. and so one of the things that that, that i go well stop looking at um, one of the things is, is that don't look at what you're missing 
right? Mm-hmm. Focus on what you actually have gained in the last 10 years or so. And one of the things they have gained is family. And I'm not talking like their family, like their husbands and wives and kids. I'm talking about the military is a family. It is such a close unit. Like the thing is that what I noticed that when we went to, um, when I did PT, which is their physical training and in the mornings is that you can see that there's no one left, no one gets left behind. All right. No one gets left behind. And it's, it's, I know that's a, uh, I think that's a Marine saying, but you know, there's, there's army, there's Navy and there's yeah. Marines, but anyway, could be totally wrong on that but, one. But, yeah. but don't worry about that. Right. But yes. each and every single group, the mil- being just being in the military, like mm. being the army, the army's guys stay together, being the Navy, the Navy guys stick together and the Marines, the Marines stay together. However, having said that, being the U.S. military, there's a common bond, just like a sports team, right? Yeah. Everybody has, who cheers for the same sports team, they actually have this common bond. And that family is really, really tight, which means that you take care of families. And so one of the things mm-hmm. I suggested them, when you go home, when they go home to their respective, you know, wherever they decided to go, whether New Orleans or Cincinnati or St. Louis or wherever they go, they might not know anybody, but all they really have to do is reach out. Yeah. And they might reach out to their military family. They might not have met them, ever spoken to them or anything, but they will help them out because they're military. I think it's also knowing you're not the only one going through this because perhaps they're sitting at home at, or like me as a stay-at-home mom thinking I'm the only one feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Everybody else manages to do it. I've just got to suck it up, but I don't know where to start. And I, I think really also that feeling of not knowing mm-hmm. where to start. Well, this is where the, cha- the, cha- the, 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 how do you translate this for the mm. listeners, right? The translation is here is this, is that you need to find your community. You need to find your family, your tribe. I'm not talking about like family, like, you know, husband and wife, like relatives. I'm talking yes. about the family that you resonate with people that you, um, that get you for who you are and what you stand for. And yes, that's hard to find. Mm. I get that. I know we've had our challenges. It's very difficult when you don't have a tribe, but you need to search that out because if you don't, you're going to feel like you're doing this alone and you don't have to do it alone. You do have to strive to find that right community. And sometimes it's a small community of maybe two or three, Mm -hmm. or sometimes it's a larger one. It just depends, but you have to, it's your responsibility to reach out, to go, go after that family. That's what's really strong about the military. And I highly respect that. that. And is that kind of what the whole American dream you concept is, is to go and help these people with transitioning. Is there not like any other groups that are doing this, helping, helping people move forward? No, there's not that many. Like even within the military, there's, um, uh, there's a, there's a group called soldier for life. And even, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but you know, not to name any particular, because who knows what I just thrown you into it. I think there's, (laughs) there's challenge. Let's just say there's challenges. Okay. Within the military program, because it, let's face it, the U S military, like any massive organization, right? Massive organization. It's so bureaucratic, a bureaucratic, bureaucratic, bureaucratic. And there's so many red tapes. It's all top down. Like it's all Mm. in order. So, which means that in order to change anything, takes a long time. It takes a long time. It's like trying to move a naval ship, right? Versus a smaller jet boat or jet ski. Yeah. It's not as mobile. And which means that when, you know, by the time it, the changes actually filter all the way down, it's probably needs to change again. It's like any big institution. Yeah. And that's the difference between like a startup company where you can actually make certain adaptations mm. from being the startup company um, versus when you're a massive, if you work for a big company, it's very hard to, to see those changes. Well, even I, though I, you know I think it's change. amazing that your friend is, you know, created this, he's doing this off his own back and, and helping them move forward. I just think it's, it's of, an amazing thing. You know, a lot of respect to him. And too. he doesn't make any single, he's actually yeah. backed it financially on his own, which is an absolutely amazing thing. So the, 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 the translation for here for mm-hmm. this part is that it, it, he 
he found passion. He found something that he wanted to do. And he's, he's risking his own family savings in a, in a sense to do this um, just for a cause, just because. So it doesn't have to be like, mm. you know, everybody's looking for like, what's your financial reward? And I guarantee you those people, the general, the general who looked after all the bases, right, in Japan, after he came in, he only listened to the last half an hour of the talk because he was doing busy doing something else. He said, I'm in. I, I get it now. I'm, I'm bought in now. I bought into the vision. And that's yes, what people that need to see because a lot of people sometimes, you know, they're always thinking that you're doing something good for me, but there's got to be a catch. What's, you know, you? What's, what's the catch for mm. you, you know? Um, so that's one thing. So tribe uh, is yeah. really important. Um, and, and, you, and you also had a talk. You were talking with Joe DeSena. Yes. Um, you did a little video. I think we've already put that up on Inside the Champion's Mind. Check it out. Yeah. But it was really interesting because you were having a conversation with him and he was really talking about lowering your expectations mm -hmm. and increasing your tolerance to pain. So let's frame this up a little bit. Uh, Joe DeSena was one of uh, many speakers that were there. So let's name all the other speakers. I just want to make sure we give them credit. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy uh, uh, Heaton um, was there, a speaker, Leon Wild. Uh, Jeremy runs an online online business, a uh, very, very successful entrepreneur uh, in the health space uh leon wild who he's uh he was part of the navy and he's worked for um early companies in, i think he was the eighth employee a 13th employee of evernote uh which went from like you know small hundreds of users to like hundred thousand years like a billion dollar company right now mm -hmm. um and spirit airlines he was one of the you know eighth employee there so he's done very uh, well um you know helping others um we also have randy kelly who was the former navy seal sniper uh i mentioned him a couple times before uh, and myself, and and then Joe, Joe DeSena. Joe DeSena is the uh, Spartan Race founder. So, and if you don't know what Spartan Race, go look it up. But he has basically Spartan Race it took 16 years, right, to build to the level mm. that he is now. Uh, to give you some context, there's 180 different obstacle Spartan races in the world across the world right now. Yeah. And he just said this. We talk about passion. We talk about Phil and passion. Mm. Phil and Joe is actually related, I think, through second cousins. Um. He took 16 years to actually turn a profit, <laughs> right? Wow. 16 years to turn a profit. Jeez. So he just turned a profit this year, uh, in the last year. So he's 16 years. He'd been plugging away, plugging away. And this guy, um, is next level in terms of their mindset and his, and his, his type of thinking. This guy walks around with a 20 kilogram kettlebell all around. He takes his family. He's been lived in Singapore last year. He lives in Tokyo right now. Next year he's going to Shanghai just because. Because he feels that um, when he talks about lowering the standards, he says everybody has this high expectation. Everybody's getting stressed in life. And in terms of, you know, maybe something went wrong or, you know, you're all stressed about it. He goes, I asked him, I remember, he goes, How, how's things going? How's your flight? He goes, man, I'm living. How can I not be happy? And that's it. That was a simple I think, thing. I think he related it back to like, you think back in the caveman type days, right? Yes. Like it's a good day. If the sun comes up. It's a good day. If you weren't eaten by a saber toothed tiger, if you actually found food right now, fast forward to us now. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about that too with Simon Sinek. He did like, um, I, I'm not sure where the video was from, but they talked about the problem that we have nowadays is that we get instant gratification. You want something, you can buy it on your credit card immediately. You don't have to worry if you can pay for it. And immediately it's sent to you and you get it the next day. Mm -hmm. It's fast. Everything we want it, we get it. And he was saying too that in the workplace, it's hard for young people because they've been maybe at their job six months or eight months, but it's not fast happening for them. And they feel like they're not having an impact and they're not getting anywhere. And so they get frustrated and angry. And it's the same with us. Our coffee's not hot. We get mad that you don't have Wi-Fi on an airplane, as he was saying. Yeah. It's the end of the world. And he's like, hold on. Like, really? Yeah. Is it the end of the world? Yeah. Wi-Fi on, on an airplane? Like, come on. You know, we've survived all these years without it. And, it. and it really kind of, when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm one of those people. Yeah. I would totally be well, freaking out. Yeah. 
Well, today was a pure example, oh, right? No. I, I, Where are you I, going? I cracked my phone. Right? Oh, I cracked my phone. That's funny. I cracked my phone. Um, my <laughs> iPhone seven. Um, uh, while I was when I was over in Japan. And I won't mention that your wife suggested you should have had a protector yeah, on well, it. Well, let's let's not talk about that. <laughs> and so when I came back, like it's a crack screen, and you know, like it's upset. It's upsetting, but at the end of the day, it's a crack screen. Like you know, I'm and it's it's a crack screen. So I had to go to Apple. And try to get a fix, and they didn't yes. have an extra case, glass case. No one has like I forgot this no, is so new. It's like a unicorn. So I had to wait for it, and so but then they got the Apple was really really nice about this, and they decided to give me a replacement phone. Like they actually replaced my whole entire phone, which is I think it was just because I incredible. was really cute in there. Maybe maybe it was, maybe it was the hat <laughs> <laughs> smiling a lot. Yeah. Please help us. It was very helpful. So <laughs> the guy gives me a replacement phone, which is awesome. But guess what? I didn't back up my phone. Because, well, why would you need the back of a phone if I just replacing the screen? Yes. But first of all, I don't have enough space in my computer to back of a phone. I've been frustrated. I just literally got back yesterday. And on top of all this, um, so therefore, I couldn't. I didn't back up the phone. That's the whole point. But so then I go, I don't want to lose these photos. So I thought, I'll just airdrop it to Karen's phone. And we spent the next... Fast forward four hours. No, it wasn't that long. Maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> no, to, it wasn't. To, to, <laughs> two hours. Two, three hours. Uh, Trying try to transport, transport these photos to another phone. Now... And it, it cut out a couple times. And inside, like the first thing I'm had, like, oh, like stupid Apple, stupid AirDrop. <laughs> then I went, wait a second here, like, Joe I am channel you, Joe DeSena. Well, think about this. <laughs> I'm literally like taking two phones and I'm transporting like information from one phone to the other through air. Yeah. And I sh- I'm getting upset that not all of it got through. Right, and and that's it's just like those little things that we take for granted. That the technology that we have is absolutely amazing. And it's We're, amazing. It makes our lives easier. But it's like, how long did it take us twenty years ago to send you a photo, right, on email, let alone now I can just like I'm, I was literally dropping like maybe three hundred, you know, photos and videos across from one phone to the other in in the span of like half an hour, and I was getting you know frustrated yeah. and I just like just calm down you know calm down well, it's it's learning that patience that things take a while to happen but i think we've really lost we have lost we, that ability to do that i don't how do you get it back i don't know well, well one <laughs> of the ways he's, he says i think is really interesting is that you know you need to lower the expectation so like the expectation is not high like we have to have you know no 3g what are we talking about we want 4g wi-fi you know or it's like you know we like we should have wi-fi in the air like, i really hope they don't bring wi-fi unfortunately it's happening i really don't want wi-fi in the plane because honestly i don't do you think we become more of a want generation well we were expecting that the technology is going to solve all our problems yeah. and having email we have instant connections and everything else and we have this high expectations of things and if that doesn't go right if our coffee is not like the, the the perfect degree when served at Starbucks, or if your your eggs not runny perfectly, <laughs> that then, happened to you today at right, lunch. Exactly. I was watching you to see and you was get like, annoyed, it, and it's like that that will annoy you because you yes. expect that. Yeah, sure, I get you can expect it, but also, what if you did it the other way? Because that's actually causing you stress. If it doesn't meet your high expectation, yes, you're you get stressed. I'm guilty of this. I'm very guilty. Of this. However, what he's saying is that lower the expectation all the way down is to say you're alive. Be happy. Whatever happens, just be happy. That's mm. one thing. Number two, he says, is that what we have done in society is that we have very low tolerance of pain. We have lowered it because now we live in comfort. You know, where there's air conditioning, there's heaters, and there's, you know, all these things have happened in our lives that has all this um, creature, comfort, comfort, creature comforts really, that make you, makes you happy. And we don't learn, we haven't learned to suffer. 
We haven't learned to suffer in a sense. So therefore, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 maybe hang now. And now it's like a, so annoying, right? Whereas before, if you were, you know, back in the caveman days, a hang now is like nothing compared to a lion biting your, biting your butt and, you know, you having an infection out of it, you know? Yeah. So now we, we need to make, in, so what he says, suggestion is to actually learn to increase the, uh, increase the tolerance of, of So of am I good? Cause I had natural childbirth. Am I good for life now? I don't want to go through this again because I know one of the things he does is have cold showers and I just, I, well, I'm co- like, so, not really willing to go there. So he does burpees in the mornings or, you know, he, he loves burpees and not, no, this is, let's change that fact. He hates burpees. No one loves burpees. Let's face it. No one loves burpees, but he, he knows that he does burpees and I do this too. Um, we hate it, but you do it so that you, when, when something does bad, something that, I'm sorry, then something bad does happen. You go, well, at least I'm not doing burpees. At least I'm not in that cold shower. And, and it's like putting back things back into perspective. You're putting yourself, not always, but enough, mm-hmm. like in a series of discomfort is that, hey, the world is actually pretty good. You know, when you take a cold shower, it's like, well, I'm after, I'm like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. But you're going through it. He hates the process, but, you know, the outcome is trying to change, you know, how you adapt to that world. It's really hard to stay in that frame of mind. Like, you know, like I watched the video and I'm like, right, I'm good. I got it thank you for the wake up call. Tough. And then the next day something happened and I was already out of that. So I guess that those doing those little steps daily, it's practice. It, like right? it is so this practice. is the mindset thing. This is inside champions mind. This is, mm. a, this is not something you go hear it and go, wow, that's a really great insight. And I got it. No, 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 no. It never happens that way. It's like taking that insight and applying it. That's the hardest part. Knowing is, is one thing, but applying doing it is, another is very, very difficult. It's very, very hard. It's, yeah. it's such a challenge. I guarantee you, if you just apply this one little simple concept of lowering the expectation every single day, you'll start to lower your, your own blood pressure. You'll start to you know lower your heart rate and you are going to feel so much better about this that you're not going to let the smallest thing get to you. Someone cuts you off the road. Hey, at least they didn't bump you right? Mm. You didn't scratch your car. Like there's all these things that will happen to your daily life. And trust me, just in the last 24 hours since I've been home, there's all these things that have happened. And I'm just like, I go, well, I got to change that mindset. Like, I mean, it's not that bad. It is not that bad, but it's, it's almost like the universe is like, okay, well, that's not that bad. I'm going to challenge me more. It's throwing me more stuff <laughs> because, another one. because that's what's exactly what's going to happen. The universe will continue because you, you're going to get challenged. You're going to get stronger and they're going to test you with harder and harder things. And can you stay in that mindset? But it does take practice. Like anything else in the world, it might take you months and years to get into the right frame of mind. He's taken years to get to his frame of mind to keep going, keep plowing through. And that's why things like Spartan Race for me was a big shift. You, I, I don't know if you've seen the change in me, but in the last, say, two years, ever since I dropped CrossFit, ever since I did the Spartan Race, mm-hmm. those two things, um, physical, physically, that has absolutely changed me mentally not physically i mean that has that but mostly it's mentally mm-hmm. of the amount of tolerance i can take about how much i can push myself and knowing what my boundaries were what i thought were my boundaries i was able to do and that actually has translated into my business life and also knowing when to quit and when not to quit all of that all of those lessons have been learned and that going back to the military thing here that's what they've learned right they the, the military have learned the 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 mental toughness to to be in the game now no, i'm not suggesting everybody is like that. I can guarantee if you're the military, listen to this. I know some of your colleagues are not. Let's face it. I was, I watched some of you, right? I can mm. see it. It's not happening. But for those of you who are mentally strong, right? God, you're who, already ahead of the game. If you're, if you're already strong like that. Wow. Exactly. And, and, and it's amazing to me. Like they, <laughs> this is really amazing to me is to, to watch these military people. Um, the lack of confidence they had in themselves. 
But you were feeling that way. You were feeling that way before you went because I think each of us, we don't see our own genius inside us. And other people will look at you and say, how could you even think that? Look at you. I've heard you speak. I've seen what you do. I know who you are. How could you have such little faith in yourself? And I had the biggest fear and I know, I, so I know what that feels like, you know, and I am my own worst critic and I, I, I feel that fear within myself. So I get them. I get, understand every single one of you mm-hmm. who's listening to this, who, who've ever thought, oh, who am I to do this, right? Who am yeah. I to do who this? Who are you not to be? And, and, but from the outside world, everybody has this high expectation of you. Yeah. And the, the problem is, is that it's, it's the word expectation is that expectation is one thing, mm-hmm. but we all feel like internally, and for me anyway, so I can talk to my experiences that I don't feel like I can live up to everybody's expectation because everybody has this expectation that I'll do well, I'll be successful in anything I do. And I almost can't, can't live up to that. And so by having that expectation on me or mm-hmm. just knowing those expectations is actually more difficult and challenging. And rather than doing that is let's go, let go of all the expectation. What if I just let go of the expectation and just go, let's belief. Let's go back to belief, Be- belief and expectation is completely different. Belief is like, believe in me, right? Believe in you, mm-hmm. believe the belief in me inside myself that I know I can deliver the best that I can possibly be. And this is what the message I had for the, for the troops that were go- going back to civilian life is that you have so much skill. Like you, you're worried about your, your skill sets. Like, you know, what skills you have your, in your career and your education, mm-hmm. forget that. As an employer, right, and I'm sure anybody who's listening who's an employer, you're not, you don't, you don't worry about the skills as long as you have minimum yeah. skills. Like you, that's you can trainable. What you can train is the character, like the grit, the hard work, the, the determination, like the, your discipline. Man, yes. you're in the military. You've been taught discipline. You gotta, you know, make your bed every day. You gotta show up for PT every single day. You gotta get in line. Like you've been taught that like you have yeah. so much more discipline than I would, right? And and that most most of the life, and that's the leverage that you have. You will work harder than anybody else. You're gonna show up not just on time. You're gonna be there. You're never gonna be late. Mm. You're gonna work harder than anybody else because you got the grit. And that is that's for anybody, not just the people in the military. Anybody who's willing to work harder than the next person will always win the job. Maybe they might got the first job, but they will eventually win. But you because prove yourself, don't you? Because we talked about this in a previous podcast too, is if you can't see those skills that you have, get five, seven of your closest people and just ask them, what do you see when you see, look at me? Hmm. Not talking physical, like, hey, you're good looking, but I'm talking about like, they, they'll come up with things like, you know what? You're dependable. You're trustworthy. You work harder than any person I know. And then go with those skills and, you know, take that in, believe in yourself with that as well, but then use those when you're going out into the marketplace and go, you know what? I'm going to talk about a time when I was really trusty, trustful, when I was really determined and how I could make a difference for this person or that company. I think also too, is also to have someone really um, close to you that you can trust. Like for me, like for, Hmm. you know, I'll fully admit this. There were times when I just felt like I didn't believe in myself. And I would just go up to you and go, Hey, like I'm, I'm good. Right. Like you think, you know, and I asked you and, and the, you just tell me the truth. I can look in your eyes and you just tell me the truth. And that helps so much to have someone like that cares for you, that loves you and just will come up to you and say, you're good. Like you're awesome. And it, it's, it's Mike Tyson used to have this. He used to hire, um, he used to hire someone behind him. Right. And, and okay. basically just pretend you're Mike Tyson and he's someone yeah. had fire. And he used to just whisper, whisper in his ears. He goes, Mike, man, you're the best. You're the best boxer in the world. You're the best boxer. And just used to whisper those words over and over again you know, so that he can learn to, it's, it's a repetition. Like anything else, it's repetition, it's repetition, repetition, repetition over and over again. And most of the time we don't have that repetition. We don't tell ourselves. You know, we're my great. dad used to do that. You're reminding me of that. My dad used to say he always, cause my dad didn't have a university degree and he was no. always like, 
he, he achieved amazing things, yes, but he, he was did. always like, always felt he wasn't good enough because he didn't have that piece of paper. And he used to tell me, this is what he did. And he told me to do it. I am great. I'm fantastic. I am the best there is. And he had like this, and I never knew he did this. He had like at least five minutes of what he chanted upping himself. And I used to get really nervous about exams and tests. And he told me just start doing it. And the whole time I was walking to my test, that's all I did. Mm. I would just raise myself, but how fantastic I was. And I could do this. And by the time I got there, you know, it does make a difference doing that. Absolutely. Because you start telling your story, even at the mm. beginning, you might not believe in it, but you got to repeat it so many times. It might be a thousand times before you actually believe it. I, before any of my talks, um, you might see me in the back of the room and you know, I'm maybe opening a secret, but you'll see me in the back of the room and I could be doing two things, right? One, I could be doing going, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. Oh my God, it's coming up. It's coming up. Oh my God. And then that, that will That'll cause my body out. to be in a different state when I call on the stage or the other talk I can go, I'm the best. This is going to be awesome. I, I'm going to give him my, I know I'm going to. So that's, that's yeah. a totally different mindset. And I'm, and am I being egotistical? No, it's about me playing with my mind, gaming my mind to make sure that I'm delivering the best. I can have two talks, right? One, one talking negatively or what I was going to, what could possibly happen, which may not, or one's going to help me, um, perform at my best. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose, you get to choose which voice you listen to. And that's the key. And this is not just in a talk or presentation. This is your everyday life. When you wake up in the morning, what do you say to yourself? What's the conversation that you're having with yourself in the words that you hear? I can guarantee you, most of you don't even think about the conversation. You don't probably don't even talk to yourself. No, I can't think before caffeine, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and look, I'm, I'm noticing we're winding up at the end we of podcast so that's the last thing we want to leave off here is one is listen to the voice that you actually have take the time to actually hear the voice and what they're actually saying to you think about it we don't spend the time long enough to actually spend that conversation time to have that conversation with ourselves i would love to get you to just pause for a second just listen to the voice you say to yourself and if it's not uh in 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 a good tone or not in the great words then you have the option to change it up but it might take a little while. It's almost like a record. You need to kind of scratch the record to mm-hmm. kind of get it so it doesn't play that track. And then you need to lay down a new track. And that's the best way you can do it is you create the voice and you listen to the right voice that you want to listen to to empower you. So that's... I like it. I this do. is uh, Inside Champions Mind, focusing on what will happen in Tokyo and uh, Camp Zama. Um, uh, I had a great... It's just gone by pretty fast, which is awesome. I hope you got a lot of value out of that. Most importantly, what we'd love for you to do is do a couple things for us. Number one is go on Facebook. Go to uh, facebook.com slash champions mind. Please like us there, comment if you can. But more importantly, um, please uh, do two things. Subscribe to us on iTunes. That would really help us. Give us a rating on iTunes. That would really be helpful. And share this podcast with others. I mean, you you discover podcasts by telling others people, right? So please um, share this in such a mind to other people because that's really going to help us really spread the word and uh, really help people achieve their champion mindset. Right? This is Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to help you overcome when you are in the pursuit of world class and anything you do in life, love, and legacy. Uh, I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Karen. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.